Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Mike Olson. And I'm Kevin Keane, and today we're discussing Kindergarten Cop 2, released by Universal Pictures Home Entertainment on May 17th, 2016, starring Dolph Lundgren, Bill Bellamy, Darla Taylor, Sarah Strange, Alex Ponovich, and Michael P. Northey. Written by David H. Steinberg and Murray Salem and Herschel Weingrad and Timothy Harris. Which will really tell you, you're in for some quality entertainment when you've got that many writers. Written, uh, directed by Don uh, Michael Paul. And, and let me just say, I, I'm not sure any of them should be allowed to write anything ever again. This is mostly the, the writing team of the first Kindergarten Cop. And considering how critical we were of all the written comedy in that movie, it yeah. kind of makes sense. Uh, that I did not notice that. Um, and I'm going to just also note, I'm apologizing again because this was my bright idea. And oh, <laughs> another, uh, another excellent idea in concept, but execution, just terrible. Yeah, I don't say this often. And you know, I don't think I've said it on any movie we've watched so far. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I, I mean, I take back every bad thing I said about Kindergarten Cop. I mean, this really does. Like, it does look like Citizen Kane in comparison. <laughs> it does. Well, it, I, I, it really calibrates our instrument. I'm glad you picked this, and I'm glad we watched it because it's so bad. It makes you realize that even the worst Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, he's able to lift it up. Like, he's got enough charisma, and he's got you yeah. know his persona is that so that even Red Sonia, you're enjoying it up to a point. I mean, Kindergarten Cop. I think also the difference between Kindergarten Cop and Kindergarten Cop Two is. One had a very good director who's able to elevate them. Yeah, some clearly terrible written material. <laughs> I mean, I, that was our that was our suspicion. I think, or at least my suspicion, on the Kindergarten Cop episode. Going, it's been all, confirmed. Yeah, all of the written comedy in Kindergarten Cop was so bad. But at least Ivan Reitman knew how to kind of save it. Yeah, here find the high points and and try and highlight them the best he could. Yeah, I mean, it really goes to show what a good director and a good actor can do. I, I really do think. I'll bet if you read these two scripts, you'd be like, oh, these are two terrible movies. But one is watchable and one is not. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, I, I, it really raises my opinion of Kindergarten Cop. We were both critical, but I was very critical. Yep. And I shouldn't have been. Boy, like, Kindergarten Cop's pretty good. You know what? Let's go back and re-record that one. Yeah. Let's take back all the things we've said because we've seen something much worse. There's a, a scene in this movie, and uh, I think it's a perfect metaphor for the movie on uh, as a whole. There's a scene where Dolph Lundgren reheats some tofu in a yeah. microwave and it explodes. That is the perfect metaphor for this movie. It's just take something that wasn't was bland to begin with, reheat it, something that should be very very simple to reheat and redo in this metaphor and somehow it explodes yeah. inexplicably. That is a good point uh on your part in terms of a, a great metaphor. I also enjoy cuz that's one of the things that few things I have in my notes for this one. He, uh, I'm assuming when he sets the microwave, he sets it for some reasonable amount of time. So apparently in this universe or in Dolph Lundgren's universe, tof- anything in a microwave just will explode. Right. Because I assume he didn't put it in there for like 20 minutes because you know that the time that's elapsed from the kids going crazy is a relatively reasonable period of time. So in this universe, if you put something in a microwave, it's going to explode. But it's but there's no absolutely no reason why it would explode. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Is it's co- totally illogical. It should have just heated up and been fine. Yeah, I mean, the, but maybe you're right. Maybe secretly the writers deep down knew that they were just collecting a paycheck and they were writing in a metaphor for for their for their work. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a metaphor whether they intended it or not. But that, I mean, that's a perfect example of the comedy. Like, 
a joke isn't funny if it's like inexplicable or just like it doesn't make sense. You know, putting obviously there's a, it's, I mean, this is a joke that's happened a million times. They put a thing in a microwave and it explodes. Uh, but usually there's a reason. Like, whoops, we put in the what was it? What was it? We should we should be calling it a science oven. Yes, by the we way. should be calling it a science. I only oven. realized uh, our, our mistake or uh, my mistake. I should have picked that up because science oven is one of the great lines of all time. Thank you, David O. Russell. But why does the science oven explode in that movie? She puts metal in. Yes, it metal. So there's a reason for it. Right, and it's funny because it's, she's so dumb she doesn't realize. She, I think the, the instructions say don't put metal in it. And she's yes. like, ah, what do they know? Yeah, what <laughs> they knew about this new technology they've designed. But there's a logic to that joke, yes. and that's why it makes sense here's he just puts in some tofu oh. in plastic they make a point to say plastic and the kids are like don't put plastic in it yes, because of bpa leaching into the food yeah but not because it's gonna explode <laughs> no and that's like every joke in this movie is you know uh, nonsensical th- there's like a missing logical step somewhere uh you know and just characters don't react like human beings even the kids you know in the first movie i think the one thing this movie does not understand is what was so fun about the scene in the first movie about the kids, you know, the mad monsters, that scene. Because uh, in that movie, they're just kids being kids, and, like, they're unsupervised for a short period of time, and they're, they just act out. Right. Here, it's always Dolph Lundgren's fault. Yes. <laughs> and this movie doesn't understand. Like, it's not funny. No. The, the execution is not there, and it doesn't capture at, at all. I mean, th- there's so many scenes that are basically complete remakes of the first movie. And it, none of them are able to capture what made those same scenes entertaining in the first one. Yeah. It, it, you would think just by, you know, it, it's the, is it harder to miss 10 straight free throws or hit 10 straight free throws? How can you not just get one scene to randomly work the way it did the last time? I mean, yeah. they, they set a really high bar of basically going 0 for 10 from the free throw line. Yeah, and because they're just going through the motions. Yeah. I, th- I feel like doing comedy like this, you really need... Somebody who can do comedy and execute. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. This this director, I looked him up and he didn't do anything really <laughs> worthwhile. I, I, there was one thing that I recognized. Oh, it was a Steven Seagal movie from like 2002. Better Off Dead or Half Past Dead or something like that. Uh, it can't be Better Off Dead because that's, that's a uh, John Cusack movie. Oh, you're right. Half Past Dead? Is that a Steven that, Seagal movie? That sounds. Uh, I'm not I think that's well versed in Seagal's career. That sounds a lot closer no, than me neither. Better Off Dead. Especially that period of his career. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I don't know anything about this director, but every decision he made in this movie, I hated. <laughs> he went, he went zero for ten. Yeah. You'd think you'd get lucky, and one would just randomly hit iron and go in. And then Dolph Lundgren, disaster. Yeah, what a boy, he can't do comedy. No, he really cannot do comedy. No. So, and uh, a little, what uh, one of the things we're trying on this episode is we're uh, somewhat because I had watched it when we were. We were structuring and discussing of maybe taking a different format in these some of these break episodes. We're going to just not go through every scene because it, it would be painful on this movie. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to do that either. In this no. One. And so we're trying out a new format. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll work and we'll enjoy it and maybe we'll employ it again. But on, on this one, I think both for us and for the lit- listeners, it's, it's certainly the way to go. Well, two things about that. Uh, number one, I think since we're not going to go through this movie scene by scene, Let's just give a brief plot summary. We'll keep it within a minute or two. Let's yeah. not go crazy. And then also, I'm going to give a spoiler warning right now, especially because this is the newest movie yeah, we've done so far. This has got a 2016 handle on it. So. Yeah. You wouldn't know it based on some of the jokes in here. They're doing yeah. Grey Poupon jokes. <laughs> that was in my notes, so let's just throw that one out. Oh, Grey Poupon joke in 2016. Yeah. I, it's not like this movie was... I, I just had a note. I'm like, for the few people that are watching this movie... 
There's probably a lot of people who would have zero clue what that was. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's true. We should probably explain what that, <laughs> what that is, <laughs> just for the audience who doesn't know. Anyway, so go ahead with the you know the, the 30 second or 40 second plot summary. I didn't actually write that. I'm just saying we should yeah. do it. So, so fill in some gaps if I skip anything. Sure. But basically, Dolph Lundgren is an FBI agent, and he start, starts undercover in a situation that's not clear what is going on. Uh, uh, I do want to talk about that. We'll, let's I, wait. I do too. And then there's a there's a flash drive that has addresses of all of the, the undercover or not undercover the, the what do you call it relocated witnesses right and their new Witness identities protection. yeah john uh the eraser would <laughs> right. have been really really upset that this list had gotten out somehow a guy stole he hacked into the fbi's database and stole yeah. all this list and so there's this albanian uh criminal who's being tried for all kinds of things because we'll make up more things as we go. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to end up doing an Arnold impression in place of Dolph Lundgren. That's I, fair. I can't even do. Oh, what do you, I, 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 I just talk like Lurch. Yeah, you got to talk a little like Lurch. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> You're going to have to <laughs> do all I'm my the, Dolph impressions I'm, for me. I'm the designated Dolph. Because um, I obviously cannot do it. So anyway, so there's this flash drive. The guy who who hacked into it gave it to his brother, who then died in a car crash. Yes. And he's that guy was a kindergarten teacher. It's already so convoluted, like just explaining it. So there's, so there's a flash drive hidden somewhere. This kindergarten teacher hid it. Nobody knows where it is. And so now it's a race but, to get to this flash but, drive. But somehow the kids are the key, which... I, I, right. Even having watched it twice, I'm not really sure about that. Well, the guy, the kindergarten teacher told his brother, the kids know where it is, or he said something like that. The kids are the key, or something I actually like think that. is what it was. And uh, b- before they, he died in that car crash. So that's why everyone's... Going after you know, like these kids somehow know where this flash drive is with this. It's just a, it's the lamest MacGuffin. Yes, and, and that's and why he has way, to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher to get the information out of these kids. But they also don't really know where it is. No, I mean they do. Let's since we're not going in any order, let's just talk about the dumb the dumb puzzle poem. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing in a movie. <laughs> I think I've ever seen. That's I. That's I, here. I'm just going to stop you there, though. That that's hard. There's a lot of dumb things in a lot of movies. I'm not saying it's not dumb. Well, no, because it thinks it's really clever. It thinks it's just who are, you know, the writers are just like we got this great great <laughs> puzzle. That I'll, I'll tell you this because as soon as those kids um, should we like we should explain. We should probably put these things in context because people aren't going to yeah. don't, don't see the movie. Yes, yeah, so there's no reason to. Uh, so anyway, he goes undercover uh, and. Uh, the kids tell him a poem at one point. Yes. Uh, I have it written down. What is it? It's, it's about a guinea pig. Yes, guinea the, the, cla- the class pet, effectively. So, but the poem- it's not a ferret, however. <laughs> that's right. It's a guinea pig. I mean, down to that, that's how much this movie is trying to copy Kindergarten Cops. Like, yeah. There must be a rodent, and the rodent must have... I mean, this one's relevant to the plot, even. Like yep. the, the, the cop plot. Right, I have it written down, because I want to I say the... The entire poem. The entire poem. Here it is. Okay, so the guinea pig's name is Mija. Yep. And they go, oh, the teacher taught us a poem about Mija. Here's the poem. The guinea pig Mija is a rodent, and Mija is his name. <laughs> Every guinea pig loves carrots, <laughs> and people love guinea pigs. <laughs> That's a poem, apparently. Yes, it's a poem that is also an acronym. Yes, yeah, so, okay, so the... the Here's the thing, though. It's never clear. I mean, the kids say it in order, so like each kid has a part. Yeah. And it spells something out. So Time capsule. No, it spells time cap. Oh. Because <laughs> it ends with people love guinea pigs, and that's where the poem stops. So it spells time cap, which is the clue that leads them to the time capsule where it, in the end of the movie the, the flash drive is. Yeah. 
that thing was so weird. I went, something's up with this poem. What is going on with this poem? It's, it was so bizarre and like clearly, I actually figured out the fact like this is a clue. And I figured out it was the first letter, but because it's so nonsensical, I still couldn't figure out what it meant. <laughs> That's all. No, because you're, you're better than me because I wasn't even, I mean, I just was, it felt like torture. I wasn't paying attention to a lot of <laughs> okay. dialogue. Well, because it was so strange. I was like, what is that poem? It's not a poem. It's so, and it's. Like, is it haiku? No, it's not haiku. Cause what is the, this? Well, because well, the one part of the, is just one kid going, carrots. <laughs> I, but because the word and shouldn't have been counted. So it, what I came up with was time cup because I didn't count the and because it's like who would count the and and I was just like time cop <laughs> you know what oh, I mean time cop I might have been interested in I was going like T-I-M-E-C-P what could that mean I was like oh I guess I'll find out and then it's this time capsule that you don't know about until after they solve the they go oh it's the time capsule and like, as an audience we're going what, what time what, capsule what are you talking about it, there's been no no clues whatsoever no, in not, that reveal it's not like that was part of the plot where no. it's set up early yeah where they say oh you know we've got this you know the, like the Abraham Lincoln presentation in kindergarten cop right. there's, there's no indication that this class has put something together at all I, I feel like the writers thought this was some clever puzzle that like oh the, the audience is going to really be really impressed that, uh, how smart we are yeah it's the worst it's so stupid it doesn't even spell a time capsule. It spells time cap. I like that you thought. I like that you thought that it, it might be time cop. That we might have a Jean Claude Van Damme reference. <laughs> All right, so that's we've basically given you uh, given you the ending, um, but we've also said please don't go watch it. So we'll we'll fill in some of the other other parts. I, I would like to go back to the beginning, uh, and it sounded like you want to talk about kind of that beginning yeah. sequence as well of the <laughs> undercover. Yeah, the uh, opening scene is so crazy. Although it was one of the few times I laughed. Okay, here, here's really all I had. I watched it twice. But the first time, I honestly thought from the way that the lighting was set up and the dialogue, I didn't know how bad the dialogue was going to be throughout the rest of the movie. But it felt to me, I thought Dolph Lundgren was either a technical advisor or like playing a cop on a TV show. Oh. It felt <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a bad Law and Order or something. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly thought that it was. I'm like, oh, maybe they took this in a different route where he's going to be an undercover actor, you know, that played one on TV somehow. But then, no, it really is the FBI when you say pineapple. <laughs> that's the, that's the thing that made me laugh. He goes, uh, so okay, wait, that's, pineapple, that's, that's, <laughs> pineapple. <yeah. laughs> that's a pretty good dump right there. It's, you know, the shorter the word is, the better I do. Um, yeah, so he's he's in this hotel room with some girl saying, you can do it, and they never, never explain what she's going to be doing. No. Nope. Uh, and then a guy bursts in, the villain of the movie, is the Albanian... Uh, crime syndicate crime, Head of a crime family or something. Uh, and he goes, oh, you're... you're does he know he's never undercover agent? He just oh he just knows that he's sleeping with this girl. Exactly, that Dolph is sleeping with his girl with his mistress. Yeah, and he's gonna kill Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren goes, "Could I have some final words?" And that's, I'm just doing the guy from Silence of the Lambs now. Yeah, oh, Buffalo Bill, great big fat girl. Put <laughs> uh, in the bag. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I actually do do a pretty good Buffalo Bill. I'm pretty proud of that. That's actually pretty similar to Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> the, all right, I'll just do my Buffalo Bill. The rest pineapple. Of the- you're right. But he goes, he says, pineapple, and then, pineapple, what is this pineapple? And, they, and, and Dolph Lundgren says, oh, it's a delicious fruit. <laughs> that made me laugh. It's a delicious fruit. The more we're talking about it, the more I'm actually laughing. I did not laugh very much when I was actually watching it, but I can see why you found it funny. No, but you're right. I know exactly what you mean. I felt the same way. It feels like 
you're you think it's like the beginning of Mortal Kombat, where he's like, "This is the part where you fall down," and the director goes in and yells, "Cut, cut!" Exactly. Yeah. That's what I felt like. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I, I, I the almost the music and everything. Yes, yeah. it felt like a low budget TV production, and the rest of it, I, I can say. The reason it's really weird is the rest of the production. I mean, look, the, the writing is terrible. The acting is bad. I don't think it's a bad movie in terms of its production cost because the rest of the stuff, it, it, looks, it looks good. Yeah, that's true. So that's the other reason why it's so stark to me when I watch the rest of the movie. I'm, I don't understand why that was lit that way and just made me feel like it was an episode of Law and & Order. And it feels like it's a parody of this kind of a movie, but it's that, not. They're totally serious. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit of comedy thing going, pineapple, and then it's like... <laughs> You couldn't think of a better word to pineapple. Yeah. Bill Bellamy barges in and saves yes, them because that's the, the, the code word. Yeah, the, the safe word, code word for which, the, the cavalry to come in. Which, by the way, he's just in the bathroom, right? Because think about it. The bad guy kicks in the, the door, door. To, to, the, to the hotel room. Yeah. And then Bill Bellamy kicks in a different door. So it's either the bathroom door or a door to an adjoining room. I, I, was, I would say the adjoining room sort of like commando. But either way, he says pineapple and 30 seconds go by before anyone bursts in. Yeah. Like, what is it taking him so long? Bill Bellamy takes forever to get into that room. Yeah, and it's, it's a good point because I'm guessing that the walls are pretty thin there like most hotel rooms. So even if the <laughs> mic wasn't working. Yeah, he didn't even of, need the mic. He didn't need it. You could just hear probably through the wall. Pineapple. He just takes a glass, one of those like hotel glasses, <laughs> puts it against the wall. Pineapple. That's that's sort of another uh, apologies to Dolph Lundgren, and he doesn't actually talk like this. But now we're doing this. We're for just the rest. going with it. Um, but yeah, it's like the music is so playing it like it's a comedy, but it's not a comedy scene. No, it's not. You know, the music is like something like that. It's. It, 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 I thought you were really going to bang on the music on this one too. Oh, and the music in this movie is atrocious. It ma- it matches the rest of the movie though. The score is bad, and but even more than that, all the like choices of bad covers of pop songs. Not yep. even the originals. No, nope. they couldn't get the originals. Probably too expensive. What do they got? I want candy, and then ABC one two three. Yes, they couldn't get the Jackson Five version. They had no. to get some like somebody else. Kids bop something. Yeah, version. that's basically you're, that's the best way to put it. And my kids, I'm constantly listening to Kids <laughs> oh, Bop. Really? So that is a perfect. That is exactly what it's like. I'm only vaguely familiar with Kids <sighs> Bop. So I listen to it I'm all gl- the time. I'm glad I was accurate in that assessment. It's like this sounds like a Kids Bop. Every song sounds like the Kids Bop version of. Yep. Of the song, yeah. But this whole MacGuffin of of the the flash drive, I mean, you want to talk about making no sense? It's it's the flimsiest excuse to get him to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher. Yeah, I, and so I remember that that was one of the things that we we really said of how flimsy the original kindergarten cop was of how it got put together that the that um, Penelope Ann Miller was found that it was a drug drug courier that just happened to be wandering around a story and how um, coincidental it was. This is even worse. I mean, there's just, yeah. the, the premise is absurd. It's completely absurd. Okay, here's what it is. is uh, the, someone's hacked the FBI database. Someone, you know, this drive, this flash drive has the identities and locations of all of the federal witnesses that are in witness protection. Move everybody. Give them all different identities. As soon as they know it's been hacked, how, I mean, that's quicker than... Like weeks and weeks of undercover. Well, I mean, not quicker, but you know, especially in this case, when they know one one witness in particular is in danger, start with her, and then do everybody else. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Here's what I want to talk about on what you just touched on: the undercover reconnaissance and the time. Why do they need anybody undercover anyway to recover a physical flash drive? Right. Get a search, search warrant, warrant and tear the place apart. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not literally where you're, you know. <laughs> 
you're roughing the place up, you <laughs> right. know, you know, like Bud White and LA Confidential or yeah. something. But literally, just <laughs> all the go, kids against the wall, yeah, <laughs> giving them tearing down. open lockers and there's just papers <laughs> strewn about. But I, that was to me when I watched it the second time and I, I got this note down. I'm like, this is idiotic. Yeah. One, the, the, by the way, we we didn't highlight that that the entire movie is supposed to also take place over five days, which is absurd in and of itself. Is it that short a time? I thought Absolutely. it goes to like seven or eight. No, at least in my notes, day, the, seven day five is the last one that I wrote down. Really? Yes. No. That, that even is it, not plausible. Okay, even if it's seven days, th- this is just crazy. Yeah. In terms of like the timeline of how you know these characters, that there's a love interest, and at some point she says... Everything that you know we have is is, is a lie. Uh, what over the last five days, and you went out on like maybe two dates? How can you be that committed to him? I don't think they even went out on two dates. They went out on one date, right? Yeah, it, it was. And a then long she date. bids on him at an auction. Yes, which is the most pointless. Oh, that what a scene pointless scene! Need to be there at all. Oh, thank you. I, I had that in there. Why is this in there? <laughs> Why you can lift that out and not even remotely notice? No, I, but it's just it's just the most cliched. Like bachelor auction scene. There's right. There's a ba- and there, but there's no there's no point to it. Again, that he's up there going, "I'm the kindergarten teacher." <laughs> bid, bid on me and all the girls. One guy bid on him, and then she, the love interest walks in and bids the most dramatically from the back. It's the most cliched scene. It's, it's the lamest trope of all time. Yeah, and and doesn't need to be there because it doesn't advance anything. They, no, they, they don't. You don't see them actually go on that date. It would make more sense if that was their first date. Where yeah, it's like there was something in the way, you know, it wouldn't be professional, and then she changes her mind, bids on him. It's like, oh, that's cute. Like, but that's there, the reason why they're going there, on a date. But they've already been on a date. They've been thing. on one. There's no backstory of why there's some fundraiser. Like the <laughs> right. money is needed for some. It literally is just no. We're gonna have a bachelor auction. We just wanted to have us this scene in the movie. Yeah. But anyway. But but so back to my biggest complaint is that this is only over 5 days. How how long would it have taken to just execute a search warrant? Right. And go look through the place. I think it's implied that they do do that. You don't really see much of it, but like they do they show or they at least there's a, some kind of line of dialogue saying uh he's the Dolph Lundgren's going to search the kindergarten teacher's apartment yep. and Bill Bellamy's going to search the school. And that turns up nothing. But no, and then th- that's when they learn, like, oh, the kids know where, or they they have they have the clue somehow. That's they, they here here's I think it's very very barely plausible if you assume a search turned up nothing. They know the kids <laughs> have some information, but the kids don't know that they have that information, and so someone has to go in and gain the kids' trust and glean the clues from these kids. <laughs> just listen to how much you're having to oh, try and explain. It's so dumb. I know. I'm just saying, like, that's what this movie is asking us to believe, that all that is true. All right. Can, uh, all right. Um, I, I got to get it out there, too. Twix. Can we just talk <laughs> yes. about Twix? This movie is brought to you by Twix. Well, that's So here, I know that this is in the same vein of bad movies, but this is, I'm going to bring up a bad movie that's a good bad movie I know you love. The repeated references to Twix in this movie made me think of Mac and Me, and did <laughs> yes. was I know that this is a Universal Comcast, but I want to know did the Mars Company, which I think I think is owned by uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, did they have any influence? Did they actually finance this behind the scenes, like Coca Cola and McDonald's with Mac and Me? It would not surprise me. It's not quite as bad as Mac and Me, but it's close. Oh, it's, I mean, it's in the ballpark. At least two overt or um, three. Three. Okay, I wasn't sure if I, I had missed one. There are three Twix moments. Uh, there's the one at the beginning where yeah. he almost shoots the the 
vending machine, which is another dumb gag. Let, well, let's also get back to that vending machine because I want to go back there. Okay, put a pin in it. And, okay, well, yep. and then the second time is when he offers her a Twix on the date. Yeah, she goes like, "Oh, Twix, how do you?" Oh, after they already had dessert. That's right. And she says something like, oh, how do you keep in such good shape eating this much sugar? He's like, oh, but it's delicious. I love it. Or something like that. And every, and every time it comes up, somebody says how great Twix is. Because yeah. in the first time, the vending machine is like, oh, I, look, I can't live without Twix or whatever he says. And then the, and the third, third time is, is, is his last words. At the end, where he says, the, the bad guy's going to kill him at the end. Yeah. He's like, do you have any last requests? He's like, could I at least eat these Twix? And, and the, the villain, do you remember what the villain says? It's something like, no. okay, it's good candy. <laughs> forgot about that even the villain is just like twix is okay i i did love that that's the one they picked and all it could make me think of i don't know if it was the same for you was a a great episode of seinfeld where george is uh oh yeah basically held captive at the the car dealership and he's he's a put together a candy lineup yeah but it was a setup because they're all twix that's i could (laughs) not i'm like Dolph Lundgren's character would have absolutely loved that lineup and went to town on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And when George at the end, he goes, Twix! Twix! That's, that's what I wanted was Twix! I mean, that, that's what it should have been. That's what really pissed off Dolph Lundgren. It's like, you broke my Twix. You took my Twix. I only got one <laughs> of them. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that promotional considerations are paid by Twix and also, I think, by Uber. Do you remember the scene where he's like... Oh, yeah. That, that, ooh, that, well, you, you, that's in my notes, but I'm glad you got that. That Uber is faster than the FBI. He goes, why didn't you call for backup? I called Uber. Uber got here first. I, like, I, called, I called for backup, but Uber got here first. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. Then the FBI. Yeah, but I, I'm, I feel pretty confident that's also was paid. Like That's how great Uber is, that they got there faster than the FBI, and yeah. he's taking this Uber to the crime scene or whatever. It's preposterous. I mean, that's... I don't think there's anything other than the, the Twix and the Uber. I mean, it's not like no, it's not like an Adam Sandler movie where it's just wall to wall product placement. Yeah, because uh, but it's it's pretty bad. All right, so then um, uh, with the pin that I want to take yes, out, the vending machine, the vending machine. So there's this probably the only real action sequence I think in the entire movie. And it's really early on. Yeah. Um, and we're not doing body counts on these episodes, but this is where there actually would be a body count. Well, actually, there wouldn't be because I I did do a body count and. It looks pretty clear that those people are dead, but then in the next scene, oh, you're his right. Police captain's like they're they're all in they're, serious condition, but they'll live or whatever he says. Despite the fact it looks like one of them took a headshot, yeah, but th- they make it very clear none of those guys are dead. So the body count is zero. Okay, pun count is zero. I'll just get it out of the way. So what? His captain, who is a really bad version of Lieutenant Decker in Last Action Hero. That, I mean, yeah, that guy. Well, here's the thing: in Last Action Hero, they know that it's it's a you know, a cliche, and they're making fun of the cliche. Right. Here, they, that's not true. They're just doing the cliche and doing it badly. Yes, and not because even, yeah, thank you, doing it badly, not this, executing at all. This guy's over, overacting so much. And actually, I, I looked him up, and it turns out he's the guy in Watchmen who gets his face melted off by Rorschach. He goes like, oh, you're pretty famous, Rorschach. I'm pretty famous, too. And then Rorschach oh, takes in the, the, yeah, in the prison takes sequence. the oil, yeah. yeah. That's him. So Wow, I, mean, I did not almost, recognize him. Yeah, it's like seven, eight years ago now. He's He's gotten older, and I think he's put on a little weight, so yeah. he's not, he doesn't really look the same, but that's that guy. And he, he did not fare well against Rorschach. No, and he doesn't fare well he in this movie either. Well because, here. I mean, his, even though he survives this movie, I think it's the worst performance I've seen in a long, long time in any movie. That, that's probably fair. I mean, it's really bad. It's really bad. I mean, just screaming. And, and like, 
unprompted. There's the part near the beginning where it's like, Get right. me the drive! <laughs> I've got it written down. It's yeah. why. Why are you yelling? No reason. It's just because they needed to have him scream. Yeah. Because they think they have to do that and because they think it's funny. It's not. It's, I mean, really, that, that police captain, it's the FBI. He's not even like a police no, yeah, detective. That, thank you. I mean, that's the thing, too, is that the, the, the FBI, you know, joke, jokes aside in, like, Die Hard, which it's, it's still so <laughs> Sure. That movie has a very particular point of view on the FBI, which yes. I don't think matches no, but, with reality. No, but matches with reality, exactly, that it actually is a higher level of professionalism in terms of what it actually takes the difference between what it takes to be in the FBI versus to be a police officer. Again, not disparaging the police, but in terms of the requirements... Night and day. So to, to be a commanding, commanding officer in an FBI office, that, that character is, is not who, who would be leading an office in the FBI. This movie treats it like he's just a police detective. Like the dynamic of him and his, police, his captain, but it's like that's not the way the FBI works, right? No. It's much more like a corporate hierarchy where you Absolutely. have a boss. You don't have a police captain. No. I, so, so none this of, that, my understanding. None I mean, of they, that really lined up. And to, to get back to the, the point of poor execution it makes me even appreciate again it is different in last action hero that it's supposed to be poking fun but the choices and the way that it's delivered i I can't remember the actor's name who does lieutenant decker i have an even greater appreciation of how well that is executed yeah that's a great performance a funny performance yes like that's a genuinely part i mean and to that it's supposed to be right but i think it's supposed to be funny here and it's not not anywhere close yeah boy that that is the part the literal bathroom humor where he's taking a call and, and yeah, know, John he's on himself? Uh, it's it's all not good. Oh, but man. so on on the vending machine that he gets all aggravated uh, against or towards uh, Dolph Lundgren's character about about pulling his weapon and was going to shoot at it. Yeah. Later on in this in this firearms uh, you know sequence when they're under siege with automatic weapons, the automatic weapons are not. Breaking the glass on the vending machine. That's true. So what, what would he have accomplished? It, those, the glass is clearly bulletproof glass, apparently, on this vending machine. But then when he pushes it on over the guy, it breaks, because that's yeah. when he grabs the Twix, like, oh, my Twix. You, you beat me. It is only bulletproof. <laughs> Anything else can puncture it, but bullets... It's not skull-proof. Yes. He cracks the thing over the guy's skull, and it breaks. He only grabs one Twix, though. He's not an honest man. He's not an honest FBI agent. <laughs> he, he got his... He, he, he got... What he was owed or it, deserved. He's such a Twix addict. Do you think he'd be like, oh my God, and he just grab every Twix in the, in the <laughs> Put him in every pocket that he has? Maybe that's why he has an unlimited amount of Twix. Like, he's got Twix for days for the rest of this movie. Maybe he actually did, just off, off camera. Uh, so I, 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 I did not want to miss that because I've never seen a bulletproof vending machine before, but I have now seen it. It is a little bit fun. In another movie, it would be fun for the hero to, to tip over a vending machine into a guy and kill him that way. Yeah. But A, he doesn't kill him. And B, it's the end of a really like boring gunfight anyway. Yes. So, and and it's the punchline to a bad joke. So all those things come together in a way. It's just like it's not. It doesn't work in this movie. And just before that vending machine sequence is when you do get that great Papan joke. By the way, right? Um, I, we we won't go into explaining those who don't know the great Papan joke because it doesn't matter and should not be in a movie in 2016. He doesn't even say great Papan. He says great Papan. He doesn't. He does the right. He does it like a French accent. Also, I mean, in a movie in, in about it, 1992, it would have been very time appropriate. <laughs> That's saying something since it's 2016. So you don't want to explain Great Poupon? Uh no. Look up the commercial. It's on yeah, YouTube. There, I'm sure there's plenty on YouTube. So he goes to work at this. He goes undercover in this uh, kindergarten. Do you want to talk about like the the 
possible political message in this movie or well they, i i'm i'm fine addressing it there there definitely is one I, they they set up Dolph Lundgren's character to be you know the the conservative side and working at an extremely progressive uh, yeah. school it does have one but i feel like it undermines itself at every turn like i think they're you know First of all, I want to, like I don't necessarily need to agree with a movie's political point of view to enjoy it. I think that's yeah. I that, I can separate myself. Yeah, like I always say, Dirty Harry is I love Dirty Harry, but if Dirty Harry was a real cop, I would want him fired immediately. You know what I mean? <laughs> but as a movie character, yeah, go shoot that guy. You know, uh, so you know, I think there is a lot of like there's a lot of fertile ground to be tilled in terms of poking fun of this kind of like hyper like liberal schooling or whatever. Absolutely. But this movie is inept and doesn't really do anything with it. Or it, the only time it really comes out is when, uh, Dolph le- reads that book about the rainbow bird and then goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, this is some liberal BS. Yes. If you've got great skills, you shouldn't be ashamed of it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, that's a, that could be a funny scene. And I, you know, I, to a certain extent, I I see where he's coming from. Like, but at the same time, later in the movie, ironically, one of the girls is like trying to. She she doesn't want to share that book, and he's like, "You need to share that book." It's like, well, if the whole book was teaching her to share, and you you said it was a bunch of BS, so <laughs> but now you're saying she needs to share it. It's just like you should. If if he, if the movie was consistent with itself and actually had a was stuck to its guns, it would be like, "You keep that book. And you you know, you have every right to read that book and." You, you know, nine tenths of the law. You know what I mean? <laughs> and in in three or four days in the progressive environment, he's completely changed. Yeah, I mean, and, but that's the thing. Is this movie saying that that school is liberal BS, or is it saying that he's the monster for coming in and and railing against it? I think you're right that the movie wants to poke fun at that stuff, but in the end, it completely muddies its message to the to the point of incomprehensibility. Like I don't really understand. I don't really know where they're falling down. No, I. I mean, they they worked in as many references as they could in terms of really progressive, heightened awareness about uh, peanut allergies, right? Uh, you know, BPA leaching from plastic, I, I, a, a laundry list of them. But it's setting up a joke that I don't think the punchline ever comes. Right? Exactly. It's it, the movie thinks just pointing this stuff out is going to double us over with laughter. <laughs> It's like, you know, that, that lunch lunch scene, yeah, where all the kids have tofu or just, like, sprouts or what else? I forget what else. And he just goes, like, don't any kids have a turkey sandwich anymore? And, it's meatless Mondays. <laughs> I'm kind of doing Stallone now. My, my, my impression is just shifting all over the place. Go back to Buffalo Bill. <laughs> don't anyone have turkey sandwiches anymore? Um but yeah, but like that's the joke. It's just like doesn't any, don't kids have turkey sandwiches anymore? It's like well, that's not a joke. That's just an observation. Yeah, where's the punchline? There is none. There's none. And you know the whole the the thing of like the kids freaking out because he's got a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and the kid goes peanuts because he's allergic to peanuts. But it's like that's not really funny. <laughs> he's allergic to peanuts, and he's the, the, it could be a deadly actually allergy. a danger to him. Yeah, well, like that's something you could you know. Railing about schools not allowing peanuts, that's not a, a political issue. That's a health issue. Like, yeah, and it, with the peanuts, that's the other thing, too, is I could completely understand. I think that the character's name was Cowboy, and yes. they went over the top to just have him have huge belt buckles on at all times. I mean, I he's a see, cowboy. He wants to live up to his name. I could see where he would you know, have a very strong reaction, not you know, to the peanuts, but like freak out and run around. Yeah. 
But why does the rest of the class, why do all the other kids break out and are, are acting crazy? Well, I mean, I, I just assumed it was just like they associate peanuts because they have this classmate that has a peanut allergy. They've been told, like, peanuts are real. Don't bring peanuts ever. It's really dangerous. And they just don't know why. And so they're just like, peanuts, it's going to kill us all, you know? <laughs> so I, I kind of, we're doomed. I doomed. I kind of don't mind that. But then it's just like, yeah, why are they just running around aimlessly? They're just going, ah, just because the movie think that's, thinks that's funny. No, and they're trying to just be running in circles, yeah. freaking out. It's like, run away. If you think, if you, exactly. Especially the kid who has the allergy. But you Get away kids, from the, the yeah, issue. Yeah, if the kids think the peanuts are dangerous, they'd run away. They wouldn't just run in circles and go, ah. The movie I, just wants to have that scene and just is trying to find an excuse to have the kids go crazy. I, I did also want to note on this day one that uh, another Eminem Mars product, Skittles, are prominently displayed uh, up next to the taser as he's going through one of the drawers and finding some flash drives. I didn't notice that. Yeah, so I, I had that. This was clearly an Eminem Mars. Twix is the one who gets the most publicity, but Skittles get in there too. Taste, I guess it, it, taste it, the rainbow. He should have. Taste the rainbow. That should have been like his code word instead of pineapple. Yeah. Taste the rainbow. Well, see, I'll bet if, if that computer teacher had his own movie going on, that would be his Twix. As the, the, <laughs> what is it again? What's Taste the Rainbow? I already forgot what Skittles. Candy. Skittles. Oh, you don't know Skittles? I know Skittles. I just forgot what. I forgot. Oh. I mean, literally in the 20 seconds since you said Skittles, I forgot what candy it was. That's, that's the, my memory the, for you. The main reason I will never forget that tagline for skittles this is going back there somebody i worked with um in uh 2008 he he had and he actually listens to this podcast so he'll he'll probably get a smile out of this one he had a buddy who was i won't say a bad influence but he was the guy who was whenever he was in town they'd go out and it would be a late night and be a lot of drinking and he came came in one monday morning he's he's a few years younger than us uh and you know he was even younger then so he he went out and got after it really got after it right but he came in and told me the story that they were out at some bar in the city, and and this guy just randomly had one of the fun size packs of Skittles, you know, in in his pocket for whatever reason, and he just like started a fight with some chick at the bar, and he just like taste the rainbow, bitch, and he just throws a bag of Skittles at her. So I'll never forget that taste the rainbow is the tagline for Skittles. How was it? How old was he at the time? Uh, it wasn't the guy who I worked with, but one of his friends, ah, oh, okay. 20, 27, 26, 27. Oh, that's too old to be doing. I mean, I, that's pretty. I said that he was not necessarily a good influence, right? Okay, fine. But it might, it's not somebody that without you know, condemning or condoning. Yes. You're just telling. You're just recounting the story. I'm recounting, but I will admit, I got a laugh out of it and i was old enough where i shouldn't have been laughing at that yeah so i i don't know what else you had on day one i had a couple other notes but do you have anything else from day one it sounds like you want to go in order now because i I've, well i've just been jumping around well you can jump around but I, I had them broken down between the days well does he meet the computer lab guy on day one because yes we need to talk about that guy the, the hal 9000 his name's hal that's the only reason i say that yeah uh oh man hal it's terrible He's the second worst character. At least I, I don't think it's the actor's fault in this case, but it's just like he's just a, you know, he's just a loser. That's the joke. Yep. Look at this guy. He's a loser. Yep. Okay. He's he's a teacher but with computer in a computer lab with a little kids. He's that makes him a loser apparently. Well, I mean, but like he's got like a my little pony in there. He's one of those guys and like a brony. Yes, a brony. I didn't want to say the word, but Yes, you did. I, just, I don't even want to deal with it. We, we won't <laughs> go down that rabbit well, hole. I don't want to be judgmental about it because whatever. People are going to enjoy what they want to enjoy. But this movie is being judgmental about it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, he's, that's the joke is 
He's like, I, I called dibs on her or whatever her name is, the love interest in this movie. Yeah. And she's like, well, I asked her out. And he feels, and freaks out. He does like a Lou Costello thing. <laughs> uh, Pineapple. It's, it's just not funny. None of these characters are funny. No. Nope. He gets tased in the balls. <laughs> you got to that. That uh, I know it's supposed to be funny. I don't even think in, in a well-executed movie that would be funny. It's just, no. it's not. No, no, absolutely not. Well, I mean, never say never. Like someone who's really like a comic genius could probably make it funny, but you're already working from a deficit in terms of it's as lowbrow as it's, it gets. It's, yeah, it is literally it is the the sub sub basement of lowbrow. <laughs> Rotted out. You're in. You're you're down in the actual dirt. Yeah. It's that that sub floor. Yeah, he gets tased in the nuts, and then he he he, he soils himself. <laughs> The fact that we're actually talking about this is sad. I mean, it needs to be dealt with. We need to address it <laughs> as a podcast. Because if we were going through this movie scene by scene, we would have to address it. So yes. you know, we'll probably skip over some of the minor stuff. But that's something that it's that stuff like that is why this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, and and on that, I had said how the production value actually was generally good, and it was one of the things I want to highlight. I can't believe that a detail like the color of paint on his shirt from when the kids go crazy and start dumping stuff and get paint all over him. The paint when he is at school is blue. Same shirt, same day when he's with Bellamy at his his house. Right. It's yellow. The trailer or whatever. Yeah, it's trailer. How can you get that wrong? I didn't notice that at all. That's the, I was so looking we, at my phone probably we, at that point. We Then we both covered it because I got the visuals. I mean, I was just enraged. How can you get that wrong? I mean, they, when they shot the scene at the I trailer, mean, I, they probably didn't know what the color paint would be, and they figured no one would notice. And, I, you know, I, I understand they, they how... They filmed it, it out of order, that's why. Yeah, I, I understand the filming, but there's just no way on a, on a professional production. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten that wrong on the high school-type movies that I used to you know, do with, with friends. Right. Well, <laughs> you know... Uh, the color paint is something that I don't remember it, so I, I mean I don't know how blatant it was, but uh, I'll take your word for it. But it's it was bad. Well, I don't think they put a lot of thought into this movie in general, but in particular stuff like that, where you know, well, let me put it this way: the scene where all the kids go crazy because that's the one where he gives them chocolate, right? Yeah, it's the and same day in day one. That's when they painted pour paint on them and stuff, and they, the kids all go crazy, and it's to replicate the first. Kindergarten cop the first day when Shara with Arnold. Right. But I think the difference is in the first kindergarten cop, they planned those, they planned out gags for the first day. I don't know if it was in the script. It probably wasn't in the script. It's probably Ivan Reitman saying, okay, we're going to shoot the scene with all the kids go crazy. Here's what I want. I want two kids painting on the blackboard. I want a kid pulling a terrified kid in a wagon. I want, you know. I know how much you love that terrified kid. I mean, it's pretty funny. Uh, what else is going on? I want a kid dancing on the piano. I, like, we need a kid looking up skirts. Right. I mean, I, I don't think all that, any of that was in the script. I think it was probably just like on the day, like, okay, what can we do? We're going to do this, 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 and this. We'll shoot, we'll shoot them all. And so they knew what the gags were. In this movie, it's pretty clear the director just said, okay, kids, run around and throw things at them. Go crazy. Yeah. And no plan, no like gags of any kind it's just like so i'm sure when they shot that scene at his trailer they didn't know what was going to happen they didn't have anything planned they just said oh the kids are going to run around and throw paint at him we don't know what the kids decided it was going to be blue that's why they didn't know what colors because the kids went on pick blue they didn't plan anything out that that could be very true i'm i'm positive for that scene the director just told the kids run around go, go crazy, crazy throw things at him that's it i mean nothing really there's no jokes in it they're just going crazy 
you know, like the part of the reason why the kindergarten cop one scene is so funny is because there are little vignettes of funny things happening. Right. None, none of that exists here. No. So that uh, that ultimately is kind of how day one is. Day two, I literally have my notes right here. All it is, air horn, day over. <laughs> that's right. That's right, yeah. That's so he brings in an air horn, which is aspe- effectively a, a placeholder for the whistle, the police whistle. Yeah. But it doesn't work the same because the police whistle, he, Arnold actually had a plan, right? He, he was going to run it like a, a training academy for police. Yeah. Well, I think this, this just was... I'm going to bring an air horn. Because <laughs> right. I, li- I live on basically a boat, and I've got an air horn. <laughs> right. Just, what is the thing I have at hand that yes, will help loud. me teach? If he had a butcher knife nearby, he would have brought in a butcher knife. <laughs> I'm going to cut you with this. Be quiet. Pineapple. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I think, I think this movie thinks it's playing with your expectations. Like, I think the movie thinks, oh, they've seen Kindergarten Cap 1. They think this, this is going to go well for them, and it turns out, no, it just makes them cry. I think it could have been a funny moment if it wasn't for that. He just blows the horn, like, you're going to listen to me, and blows the air horn. <laughs> and the kids start crying, and it lingers on them crying for way too long, and then it cuts to the principal's office. It's just like, you know, it would be funny if it wasn't, like, sad. Like, you just feel bad for the kids. Like, he's blowing an air horn in their face, <laughs> and they just start crying, and it's just like, that's not funny. These <laughs> poor kids. But speaking of the kids, let's talk about the kids, just because uh, I know you're going through the days, but... Uh, Compared to the first movie, there are, there's not one kid that stands out. No, there's no charisma at all. Well, not just charisma. I mean, yeah, first of all, they're all cl- clearly child actors. Like, it's not like the first movie where I think he mixed in some real kids and just let them do whatever, and it gave it some reality. They all act like child actors. Yep. Like they're playing to the camera at all times. But also, you learn nothing about any of them. Well, you learn more about their parents. You learn the one the one girl's got like the crazy right wing conspiracy father. Yep. Uh, one of them's got parents that are a doctor and a lawyer. One's got a father who's addicted to porn. One's got a dad out of business. You learn all kinds I guess of that's things true. about their parents. You learn nothing about any of these kids. One kid has allergies, and one kid uh, is like 16 years old. There's <laughs> that one kid who's like way too old. Uh, Otherwise, you don't learn anything about them. Uh, well, and the only other thing, I, I don't know if I, maybe I was offended, but why were there subtitles for one of the kids? Oh, were there? At least on mine. I, so I, I ran it through I, on, on Netflix, and there were subtitles. I mean, he has a little bit of an accent, but I mean, I had no issue understanding anything he said. <laughs> I was, I seriously, I was kind of offended. I'm like, I don't understand why they've put subtitles up here. Can I make a confession? I had, I had the full subtitles on the whole time because I had a little bit of trouble with Dolph. <laughs> and I'm like, I, be, I better turn you, subtitles. You show pineapple. <laughs> That's right. It's a delicious fruit. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, it's a delicious fruit. <laughs> Thank you. Closed captioning. I shouldn't talk. I, I'm not the. I'm not the most. Uh, I'm the best Crystal speaker clear. in the world. But the, uh, no. But I, ha- I had uh, subtitles on in general, and I noticed that some of them looked a little different. So they subtitled that was yes. it, was it the little Asian kid? Yes. Wow. Okay. I didn't know I, that at all. So so okay. That that makes sense. Why you I didn't bring it up and or didn't notice it because if you had the subtitles on for everything, that makes sense. I, I was. I seriously, I'm like, I feel kind of offended here. I mean, there's there's no reason for them to be there, and they're there. Wow. Okay. I mean, if that's true, I, I agree that that's a little bit offensive. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you can logic it through why why they'd be there, there, I will tell you. I watched it twice. They're absolutely there. Yeah, and I, I didn't really feel like I had trouble understanding. Like, it, it wouldn't have jumped out at me to say, oh, I, like they they must have clearly subtitled that kid. Like, I, I mean. 
No, I mean, I, have I didn't a, notice anything. I, I, have a hard, I had a harder time watching some BBC shows with British accents than I did that kid. And so there's sometimes I turn on closed captioning on certain BBC shows because I'm like, mm, I'm not 100% sure I have that right. Let right. me check. So I, I whatever. That, that was the, uh, of my notes on the kids, that's the one that jumped out at me. But so if, that also tells you something about the kids. I, I, don't, I didn't really have much on them. But, like, yeah, that's, that's a thing that I guess they thought was going to be a funny quirk is he's subtitled. I, I, I don't know. But to me, it, it wasn't it's, funny. It's not like, I mean, I'm just processing this now because I didn't know this. But uh, it's not like Dolph Lundgren saying, oh, what? What'd you say? Pineapple. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to keep doing it. By the end of this episode, that's just Dolph Lundgren. He's just <laughs> like the Matt, da- Matt Damon. It's just, <laughs> instead of that, it's just pineapple. <laughs> That's, that's all he can say. We hired a kindergarten teacher that can only say pineapple. <laughs> and then if you question him about it, he tells you that it's a delicious fruit. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I pitch a quick movie to you right now? <laughs> sure, go for it. Dolph Lundgren only being able to say pineapple teamed up with Vin Diesel doing I am Groot. For <laughs> an entire movie. He's just a big walking pineapple yes! tree or whatever. That, that's, or I guess it's a palm tree. That's, that's my pitch. Having those two just saying I am Groot. It's like a love interest for Groot. He's the yes. pine tree. Because yes. I guess in the world of trees, the pine tree is probably the sexy tree, right? Yes. He's like, oh, we just uh, Now I'm glad we did this movie because we just came up, or at least I think we came up with a great idea. And then we are pineapple. At the end. We are pineapple. We are a delicious fruit. When you know he's part of the team. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so... What were we talking about before? Uh, got it, yeah, to me, it was that the just the the kids were somewhat unremarkable, and and we were kind of finishing that thought. Up. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say because you know the, I think in, I think it is in day three where he asks for Bill Bellamy's help. Yes. By the way, we haven't talked much about Bill Bellamy because he doesn't have much to do. But he's basically there's a, there's a moment where they like they have a little bit of a tiff because he's like, "Let me help," and he's like, "I don't need your help. I'm going to go in with an air horn." <laughs> But after that doesn't I work, actually, he would have actually said that line. That's basically, what he says. I think after after that, <laughs> after that, and it doesn't work. He asks Bill Bellamy, "He's like, oh, I guess I need your help after all." And so Bill, Bill Bellamy is in his ear. He's got like cameras and a pan and things. Yeah, and, one, and, he's, and he's feeding he's, him things. He, but he's also hacked into the school's cameras and the it, it, within the system. So I have here that he's a master hacker. I'm like, who? who where? What FBI has? Agent has all of these skills and completely like can abandon all of his other duties. By the way, well, not only that, but he's just breaking all kinds. He's just he's just violating people's civil rights. Yes, he's hacking into because when he finds out the the one girl whose father's out of work, he finds out that he's drinking during the day based on his credit card records. Yep. First of all, why is he get, why is he accessing the guy's credit card records? I don't care if you're in the FBI. He, that guy's not under suspicion for anything. There's, yes. Second of all, how do you know he's drinking during the day based on his credit card records? If I buy, buy alcohol during the day, it doesn't mean I drank it right away. Maybe, though, maybe they were trying to give some credibility to the little girl's dad who didn't believe in the government at all and was paranoid. Maybe they're trying to give some credibility by saying, hey, her dad might be onto something because look at what Bill Bellamy's power is. He's <laughs> Maybe, yeah, that guy's right. He's, he's right to be you know, living in his camp or whatever, his exactly. like, fortified camp. Uh, but thirdly, who cares? Why are they looking at these, peop- these kids' parents? This isn't the first movie. We don't need to know. We don't need to learn anything about their parents. Bill, Bill Bellamy's doing all this research and hacking into things to learn about these kids' parents. You're looking for a flash drive, and the kids are the ones who know, not their parents. So what? Do you, why are you spending all this time? This movie has no, like, it hasn't thought anything through. It's just, I mean, literally, they haven't, 
they're just like, oh, he's gonna look at the parents. Like, why? Nobody asked why. It didn't even. It isn't even like they got to like why. Who cares? For, for all the nobody t- even asked why. For all the time and resources he put in on the parents, why couldn't you again have just executed that search warrant and spent a little more time looking at flash drives? He could have searched the whole town by the time he does all this research. <laughs> but somehow he also did all that research in about a day because again, this takes place over five days. I, I oh, did not pick up those case takes place over pe- five days. People are falling in love in five days. It's amazing. I'm getting, the more we talk about this, more angry I'm getting about this movie. <laughs> to say it's an, in, an insult to the audience's intelligence is so much of an understatement. Yep. It implies that they even considered the audience's intelligence. It's not like they went like, ah, the audience are so dumb. They didn't even think about it. They're just, they, the writers are so dumb, they didn't even know that it was dumb. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So, um, let, let me just put it out there. Do you do you do you want to talk, talk about the country western scene? Oh, the line dancing scene. The line dancing scene. Uh, you know what? I, that's one of the best scenes in the movie because there's very little dialogue. They're just dancing and having a good time. It's like okay, I can enjoy this. There's no terrible jokes. There's no terrible dialogue. You know, nobody's talking. Great. More of this. More of nobody talking. I'm I'm on board for that. I enjoyed <laughs> that part. You know. And- I, I can't disagree. Here's, here's the thing that I, I noted is that we... It's probably what I like most about the movie, but I also noticed that maybe it's just action stars in cowboy get-ups because we really have enjoyed Cowboy Arnold in <laughs> yeah. the instances there have been, so maybe that's what it is. And and I, go ahead. And I, I just wanted to put... There aren't a lot of questions I have for the audience if they're actually still listening <laughs> as much as we've railed on this movie. But uh, to the audience, do do you enjoy your action heroes in uh, in, in cowboy mode? At, let us know at, at Bad Puns uh, Podcast on Twitter. We do have one more Arnold Cowboy Arnold, at least, or maybe two. Yeah. I, I think only one more. There's the one that we haven't seen from the 70s. Yeah. What's it called? The Stranger? No, he plays the Stranger. The, uh, the villain. The villain, yes. The villain. Um, but yeah, it... Uh, 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 what was I going to say? Oh, Dolph Lundgren looks so comfortable in this line dancing scene. It makes me wonder if it's a thing he actually does in his personal life. And that maybe he, he asked to get written into the script <laughs> right. for their date. I want to do some line dancing. I want to do some line dancing and then enjoy a nice pineapple. <laughs> I think we're honing in on our Dolph Lundgren. If only, like, maybe we should do Dolph after we're done with Arnold just so we can keep, <laughs> keep, keep improving. Keep, keep working on these Dolph impressions. Uh, but yeah, I, I, he actually looked like, he knew how to line dance and yeah. was like good at it. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. It it probably is the best scene in the movie. I it just I also had that it's totally random. Well, it's their date. Like it's just the movie is But it's an this, extension of their date. They've already had their date. There's no reason. Yeah, it is a weird backwards move. Like they're, they're having a like a romantic dinner, dinner at his house and then they go out line dancing for a first date. It's like that's the opposite. But well, you know, now thinking back cuz you, you said how she asked him about how he he stays in great shape eating all his junk. He says you want to see how I stay in oh, shape? And, right. then it, and it smash cuts her, I, I think, to him with the cowboy hat, <laughs> yeah. like clapping with a big smile on his face. Well, it doesn't cut to him, though. That's the thing is this movie is so inept with its punchlines. Like, that's, a, that's a funny joke. Because, yeah, he says that and she kind of gives like a wry look like, oh, you know, yeah. you're, you're talking about sex. It's yeah. like, no, I'm talking about line <laughs> dancing. And I bet you're thinking you're talking about sex. <laughs> I can't even get it. That's the humorous juxtaposition. That's that's why this that's why this is humorous. You see, it's not sex. It's not it's what you. It's not what you thought I meant. That's what we call humor in the biz. <laughs> that this that is actually unfair to Dolph because I don't think it's it's on him. It's on the writers for that that bad joke. 
No, but I actually think it's kind of a good joke. They just messed it up. Because I think if you cut to him line dancing, you want to see how I stay in shape? Cut to him. <laughs> you know, that's funny. <laughs> and a hoedown. They didn't do that, though. They just cut to the, a group of people dancing. And then you have to discover them. And they're like, oh, they're, there they are. I guess they're line dancing. <laughs> I mean, this movie just doesn't understand how to do comedy. It just doesn't. No, um, at all. And I was just, I had thought, I, I can't, I couldn't connect that there was anything to the original Kindergarten Cop they were trying to capture with that, though. Sorry, before we move on to comparing to Kindergarten Cop, I just want to, because the line dancing scene, I forgot, has the most depressing song lyrics. <laughs> Did you pay attention to the no, lyrics? No, I did not get the lyrics at all. Hit me with it. It's, I don't, I didn't actually write them down. I should have, but he's just singing about like, I, I drink every night and I'm gonna kill myself. It's just like, it's not quite that bad, but it's, it's. I just remember, like, everyone's having fun and having a good time. And I was like, wait a minute, these lyrics, they're terrible. <laughs> I mean, granted, it's a, it's a country song, but they're line dancing. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I just thought it was, whatever it was, it was way, way too dark. <laughs> just like, and whoa. especially for the, the mood because everybody's there, like, having a good time right. and smiling and, right, and exactly. clapping. And I don't think it was a joke. It's just like they, whoever they hired is just like, I'm going to sing about my life. <laughs> that was like a cowboy doll, what I just did there. <laughs> We're just going to title this episode the Cowboy bad, Dolph. No, I was going to say the Bad Impression Parade or whatever. Uh, Morphing Dolph impressions. So one of the other, you know, I, I won't say subtle because it's not subtle, but callbacks to the original Kindergarten Cop. They even worked in a villain getting hit with a baseball bat. And it's, oh, yeah. it, it's not set up well, but the principal saves Bill Bellamy from... By the way, I'm not sure why... The the villain who has him at gunpoint, why he didn't just execute him right in the room that they were in after they discovered a time cap. Right. He's marching him through the halls. Where where are you taking him? What what do you care? I don't know. I, but whatever. It doesn't matter what my point I guess is. He doesn't want to kill him in the school. He wants to take him out and Why? What does he care? But know. anyway, it, it sets up for, yes, a baseball bat. Which I'm like, wow! It was getting towards the end of the movie. I'm like, this is just over the top with how many, how lazy it is. Of let's just get as many kindergarten cop references in as we can. I didn't pick up on that because it's so different. But yeah, you're right. It's the principal in this case. It's the first in the first one, it was uh, his partner. His partner, right? Uh, O'Hara. But I guess the, the gag here is the principal. This like very like. No violence, like touchy feely. Yeah, principal. meditation, namaste type. Yeah, and then she goes like, "Oh, that felt good." When she beats the guy with the yeah. bat, or no, she what is it? She has like a one liner, doesn't she? She she does. I, I don't have what it is, but you're, you're getting exactly that. Where it's oh no wait, uh, 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 it's like oh it's like hands aren't for hitting. That's what yes. this baseball bat is That's for. Exa- yeah, hands aren't for hitting. That's what baseball bats are for. What? <laughs> Why are they giving this one liner anyway? Sorry to cut you off. No, that, that's that fine. So bad that, one line. Those were kind of uh, the the. That's the last of the references I have. And then in terms of the movie, as we said, it kind of wraps up and has the happy ending. It's basically, at least for me too, the same ending where you've got them making out in the classroom and the kids are in the background. It's just more of the same stuff. None of it better than the original. Yeah, I, I will say I do think that this the love story works better. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Cause I don't think it worked at all in the first movie. Uh, not that necessarily it's like the actor's doing a better job. It's, it's more plausible, I guess. Although he is a little... He, he's old enough. He's older enough than her that it should have been at least addressed. I don't think it's that yeah. much of an issue in the first movie. Unfor- but that happens a lot in Hollywood. I mean, the age difference in, in most um, you know, females to male action stars, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's stark a lot. I don't have a problem with it. I just feel like it had to be like, at least mentioned. Like, just acknowledge it and move on. 
Uh, I do want to talk about, because now we're, we've moved on to the end. So there's this whole thing about Trojan horse. Oh, you know, Let's talk about that. Yeah, so there's this scene, and, and I, I think these were supposed to parallel the scenes of when the kids are really coming around to Arnold in the first one and starting to take on some of you know, what he's trying to teach them. It's the same thing with this explanation about the Trojan horse, and then it comes up in this capture the flag game between the two kindergartens. Yes, and then at the end also, but yeah, it's, it, it it, the, capture, the capture of the flag, can you, can you help me? The, they had a decoy flag, which one, is cheating. <laughs> right. But two, it's a decoy, not a Trojan horse. Well, she calls him out on the cheating, and he goes, it's not cheating, it's like, a, it's like the Trojan horse. But, but you're right, it's not. It's, it's not a Trojan horse. You didn't bring something in and then lure them <laughs> into taking the bait. It's not, if there was bait, right, and they, and they followed somebody that was bait, thinking that, oh, that this person has the key, or we're gonna, you know, bring that would be a Trojan horse. It literally was a decoy that, oh, we're gonna go follow somebody that has a, a, a fake flag. That's not a Trojan horse. No, not even in the slightest. I mean, it's deception in the yes. vaguest sense. But that's about it. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's this movie. I don't think even really understands the point of the Trojan horse thing. It's, it, or it's 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 using it in the vaguest terms possible. No, because, I mean, just the, the, the title of what a virus, a Trojan horse virus is, is it disguises itself as something safe right. for you to click on to open and then unleashes a virus. The kids on the opposing team, they don't bring anything into their camp. They're literally just chasing somebody with a decoy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the alternative is. I never played Capture the Flag like that as a kid. So I don't even know that, how you would do a Trojan horse-like thing and Capture the Flag. You probably couldn't. Then change the script right. where he's either not giving the explanations of the Greeks and the Trojans or come up with a different game where it's not Capture the Flag. Right, exactly. So, or, you know... They have that pig in the movie. Maybe they'd be like hide behind the pig or oh, something. It's a therapy pig. I yeah, forgot. Therapy about. pig. It gets a credit at the end. It oh, I like, didn't notice that. There's <laughs> a credit for the therapy pig. Yeah, oh, it, it, it's part of the roll call at the end. All the kids show up at the end, and then it's I like, didn't. I and didn't. this guy as this pig as a as the therapy. You're pig. a better man than I did. I didn't even get to the credits <laughs> when they when it started. A B C. The bat. The brief. Stop. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Done. I have my notes. I've fulfilled my obligation for the podcast. But you did see the Trojan horse scene at the end, right? Where. He goes like, "Be brave, like Odysseus, and go go and hide." And the kid, cowboy, nods because oh. he knows that it means go hide in a fish. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, for, for, we can't we can't gloss over this. I, I it really really upset me in terms of he he basically in code he tells the kids to go hide in a fish. The bad guy's a gun to his head, and the the, the, the love interest said, I, "I don't remember her name, so I, I feel bad." But to, he's gonna kill them both. And then the kids come out of the fish and attack a guy with a gun. and yes. Like two guys with a gun. Six, five and six-year-olds are attacking with sticks. With sticks. Men with guns. No way. And we're supposed to be like, yeah, way to go, Dolph Lundgren. You taught these kids to <laughs> be brave. <laughs> to, to endanger themselves. I mean, the first movie was very careful about, you know, like, yeah. children in danger was a very serious matter. Yep. And from, movie, the child, from the child abuse to then, you know, the actual fire alarm at the school and calling, yeah. Yeah, and this movie is glee like it's hooray. He the kids saved him. What a horrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, no, it really upset me. It's I, like that's not cool. I had that it was not plausible that five and six year olds they would be extremely afraid. I mean, 
you know, I, I five and six year olds I've had, you know, in my family, in my house, they don't like the door closed at night when they go to bed. They're certainly not going to be charging after some guy with a gun. Right. Well, the idea like, oh, he taught him, them how to be brave during a capture the flag game. Therefore, they're going to, you know, yeah, attack two guys with a gun. Crazy. You're, you're right. And I, I should have been more offended. <laughs> By that yeah, concept. You're the, with, you're the one with kids. Yeah, I, 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 maybe I, don't, it's I don't even have kids, and that really bothered me. Maybe it's because it was towards the end of the movie, and I just desperately <laughs> wanted it over. You're checked but out by then. Yeah. I was checked out, but you're right. That That's a terrible way to end it. It's a terrible message to send. Yeah. And there had to be... There's I mean, a way just, to get to that same result without putting the kids in danger. I mean, it's just literally thoughtless. It's not. It's like we were saying, where it's not... They're, I mean, they're putting no thought into this movie, so... They didn't think about like, oh, what what is this? You know, I, why these not, kids being in this danger? They don't. The writers didn't. The makers of this movie didn't even occur to them. And why don't you throw Halibone? I mean, you've got him there. Why don't? You, why doesn't he be the one that saves the day? <laughs> he elbow drops a guy. He does get one because then he goes, "You see my elbow drop?" Or, you know, and he, yeah, but he wasn't charging at him when they had guns. No, that's true. Yeah, he has to rely on the the kids, the kids <laughs> to disarm them. And then there is that fist fight in the river, but whatever. Yeah. Not even worth talking about. It's a. It, it's a t- uh, it's not it's a good not fight a good scene. scene. And he goes, class dismissed. <laughs> and even the movie, even Bill Bellamy comes by and says, is that the best is you that got? the best you can do? That? Like, even this movie is being dismissive of itself. Is that the best you got? I forgot about the class dismissed. Class Thank you. dismissed. Why not? I mean, Dolph Lundgren is just not a comedy actor. The Expendables movies make this mistake, too, where they think he's funny. Yeah. He's not funny. Even, he, even Expendables 2, which we both like. He's he, much funnier in those, though. He's a little funny in Expendables too, but not uh, even uh, still. He's not as funny as they think he is in that movie. That, you're you're accurate in that, but you've got to give me that he's way funnier in the Expendables than in this. Yeah, oh, agreed. That movie at least knows how to make something funny. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like Stallone. He's a good writer, like genuinely. You know, I mean, you know how much I like the Rocky movies. Like right. I, Stallone is a very, very good writer, and I think sometimes he doesn't get enough credit for that. And you know, because of that. Even an actor like Dolph, who maybe isn't naturally comedic, like I just think about that scene in Expendables Two, where he's like, "Oh, I can make nitroglycerin. Look, watch me here!" And he puts the nitroglycerin on the wall, and it doesn't blow up, and goes, "I don't understand what just happened." Like, we're supposed to think that's funny. It's just I don't know. It's not that funny. And then Arnold has to come and save them, <laughs> if you recall. That makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, I'm glad it fails so that Arnold has to come in <laughs> with a, like a, a drill or something. Yes, I, I, it's been a while since. I watching. think I, now thinking back, I think he got that drill from uh, Total Recall. It is, it is very similar. It's Benny, Benny's drill. It's Benny's drill. Let's just talk about Expendables too. Screw the hell with this movie. Oh yo! So the hell with this movie. I, I, that's probably <laughs> that's actually <laughs> that maybe you may have just hit the episode title to hell with this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know about you, but that's that's probably all I've got on Kindergarten Cop Two, other than apologies to you and to the audience. No, I mean, you know, we have to warn them. We have to warn the world. Don't watch. I mean, if you have Netflix, it's free. We can watch it for free. But, but still, see, but it's not free because your time on this true. earth is very valuable. That's very true. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I think we covered everything. I did write down the class schedule, but whatever. Since we didn't go through scene by scene, that's where there's no point in going backwards. It's no, just, and yeah, and I, I kind of I looked at some of those, and it did have this weird like every time it was going to the class schedule. Yeah, um, which felt kind of lame and kind of low budget, but it, I, I don't think we need to cover all of the stuff that was on the class schedule. Not all of it. I just I just wonder what the goodbye song is. That's all. Oh, that's what, I didn't know. <laughs> that's the one that. note I don't think we got to. Is 
goodbye song. It's it, it's it's scheduled for one forty, and I assume class gets out at two. So it's like there's a twenty minute goodbye <laughs> song. Maybe it was just repeating "I love you, <laughs> you love me" from Barney. You think this? Is, yeah, you know what? This this is a very Barney. The school does have a very Barney vibe. It's got a little bit of that, yeah. There, again, there's a lot of potential comedy there to be mined, and the movie just misses the mark and all misses it. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's Kindergarten Cop too. I th- I don't know. I think that this kind of format worked pretty well, especially for this movie. I, I, there was no reason to go through every scene in this movie. No, agreed. I, I think I think you know. I don't know. We'll we'll see if we continue yeah. this format for for Arnold movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this went pretty well. I just have a nagging feeling that I'm, I'm going to need to change the way I do my notes because I have this nagging feeling just like there's something in this notes I really wanted to talk about <laughs> and now I can't find it. But I Yeah, I, and as you said, for the Arnold ones, maybe we'll want to remain consistent, but maybe for some of these like interim episodes we're doing, this, this may work. Yeah, I think for the sake of you know keeping these episodes moving and flowing a little better, which I think, yeah. this, I think this did. I think just moving from topic to topic and not going scene by scene, I think this worked, this worked pretty well. In particular, this one, because there's just so much garbage in yeah, it. I'll, I'll sacrifice a note or two uh, for that. But, uh, yeah. boy, Kindergarten Cop 2, I, I really have to think about it, but I think it may be the worst movie I've ever seen. It's certainly in the running. You know, and there's, there's not a lot on the rating apps, whether it's IMDb or Netflix, that I would genuinely not just be one of the people who are trying to screw the ratings and... We'll give you know zeros or ten you know to everything or ones or tens to everything. I have to admit this this probably is a one or a zero depending on whatever the lowest ranking is on on the ratings. This probably is. Yeah, agreed. And there's just nothing redeeming in it. And I like Dolph Lundgren. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a Rocky fan. I he's Ivan Drago. He's Ivan, Ivan Drago. Ivan, huh? Ivan Drago is great. He's amazing as Ivan Drago. He's he's you he, will lose. He's good in like a lot of things. As as like a t- as an action hero, he's pretty good. I don't, yeah. you know, I think he's an underrated action hero. Like uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo and movies like that. Uh, I enjoy Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier, yeah, yeah. Like he's been good in movies. I just don't think, you know, I don't know if he's trying to reinvent himself as a comedic actor, but he shouldn't. Like he's still young enough. He's not as old as Arnold or Sly. He's like probably in his fifties because he was younger than Sly for sure. He was like he. I think Dolph was probably in his like, early 20s when he played Ivan Drago, so he's probably in early 50s today. Yeah, that's what I would guess, somewhere mid to late 50s. He's still 100% plausible as an action hero. I mean, I don't know if Hollywood's knocking down his door, but, you know, he could probably make some B-movies. If he's going to make direct Netflix movies, right. don't do Kindergarten Cop, dude. Do Universal, Universal Soldiers 12 or whatever. <laughs> I don't know how many of those they made. Well, I, I have to admit that uh, the episode at least got us... <laughs> A pretty good Dolph. Well, we're working on it, but our Dolph is getting better that if we do more movies that involve Dolph. Particularly if we do Sly, at a minimum, we're going to have Ivan Drago. That's so. going to be pretty deep in, you know. Yes. Maybe we should uh, sneak in another Dolph. <laughs> it's a delicious fruit. <laughs> anyway, that's the so, show. So Yeah. So with the next episode, we're getting back to our regular episodes, and it is your pick. So what will we be doing? Yeah, this is the last uh, hiatus episode we're going to do, and uh, we're going to be back to Arnold in two weeks. So uh, I've been thinking about it and you know, I know a lot of people want us to get to the Conan movies and I'm anxious to get to Conan the Barbarian. And there are some other things, you know, Halloween's coming up uh, pretty soon. Yep. I, I thought about maybe doing uh, uh, end, end of, of days. days for Halloween, but it's not really a Halloween movie, even though the devil's in it. But uh, I'm just going to go with my personal favorite. It's my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie of all time. Uh, that's and, revealed what it is because in our recap episode you you said what your favorite Arnold movie is I did and it is Predator 
That's one of the greatest of all time. I, I mean, Predator, I think, I think Predator to me is what Commando is to you. In that it's a movie from my childhood I saw way too young. <laughs> and probably and too made, many times. It made an impression on me. I was, I mean, really, really, I mean, it's, I think it's the reason why I like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I was obsessed with that movie. Like, you know, I, a pr- Predator, I mean, really, really, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Not just Arnold movie, but any movie. I love Predator, so... It'll be interesting to see if it holds up to Terminator 2. What, what, yeah. what will come out on the other side is my favorite Arnold movie, but it's going to be one of those two. So but that'll be uh, our next episode. So. Yeah, and it's good to get a uh, get a new season off to a great start. And it's hard to beat Predator for, for a start. Predator's pretty great. So, yeah, that'll be a fun episode. So uh, tune in then. Uh, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast and write us emails at questions at bpmg.com. And uh, this may not be the episode to give us a favorable review. Uh, no, don't judge but, us by, based on this movie. <laughs> the episode is fine. But if, <laughs> but if you enjoy... Don't, uh, don't, don't drag us down. Don't let this movie drag us down. Guilt by association. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please like us and give us a favorable review on your podcast app of choice. And we'll be back with Predator. Twix? You have got to be kidding. We just had a huge dessert, Zach. I know. It's kind of weird. It's <laughs> it's, it's sort of my thing. Twix yourself off the floor. Caramel, chocolate, cookie, crunch, take the tour. Two more. Twix mix, give me some more. Let's do that again. Twix. He's a good candy about it.